It's time for another episode of Gospel Preaching Live, brought to you by the Kearney Church of Christ, which meets at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. Make plans to come out and visit the brethren who look forward to seeing you. And now the host of Gospel Preaching Live, Richard Dodson. Welcome to Gospel Preaching Live. My name is Richard Dodson. I work as a minister with the Kearney Church of Christ in Kearney, Missouri. If you ever have opportunity, we'd sure love for you to come and visit with us and so that we can meet you and to be able to study God's Word together and to be able to help each other go to heaven because that's the goal of each and every one of us is to try to go to heaven. And we pray that shows like Gospel Preaching Live are helping you with that. That is our aim in publishing a few shows each week is to try to edify everyone so that that will help them spiritually so that they can go to heaven. Now, there may be that you listen to Gospel Preaching Live and you may be hearing something that is uh, inconsistent with your understanding. Perhaps you would like to question me about it, and that'd be just fantastic. You can always, if you're watching on Facebook or YouTube, leave a comment in the comment section. I do monitor those. Or you can call me at 816-686-9517. That's 816-686-9517. Bearing in mind, I'm in the central time zone. You can also email me at gospelpreachinglive at gmail.com. You know, you may agree with the lessons. You uh, uh, may just want to uh, give me a like and help share it so that we can get this message to as many people as possible. You know, whatever it may be, you may just want to tell me where you're listening from. I like to hear that as well. I like to hear uh, from those who are listening to the message, and I do hope that this is being beneficial to you. So do reach out if you have something that you want to share. Uh, do reach out and uh, let me know what uh, is on your mind. Okay, we are going to go ahead and jump in to today's lesson. Today's lesson is, is a very important lesson. I want to talk about being like the Macedonians, the Macedonian Christian, because there is much in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, which is going to be the text of our lesson, that we can learn from, and we're going to try to apply that today. Uh, so many times people miss out on the very essence of Christianity, and that passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 really hits home about what Christians need to be working toward, what looking for, and the type of attitude that they need to have. And so that's what we're going to talk about. Now, this picture here is Alexander the Great. It's just a bust that somebody made of him. I put it up there because it's Macedonia. And so uh, uh, I thought I would uh, uh, give you something to look at. I, there wasn't uh, too many pictures of Macedonian first century Christians so uh, I just went ahead and chose that. If you're watching on Facebook and YouTube, hopefully uh, that'll give you some kind of bearing as to what they looked like back then. Now, Macedonia is an, a region that is above Greece. Uh, if you look at the map that's on your screen on Facebook and YouTube, you see that uh, Macedonia has towns like Berea, we read about in Acts 17, uh, Philippi, where uh, um, Paul and Silas were imprisoned, and the uh, Philippian jailer was uh, uh, baptized with him and his family. And then 
uh, Thessalonica. It's another town that they went to. And of course, we have a, a couple of books named after the, the Thessalonians. So uh, there's there's much to be had from learning about Macedonia. There's much work that Paul did in this region. It was a Roman centurial province is what I was uh, learning, uh, encompassing much of Northern Greece. And so that kind of gives you an idea about it. I don't know a lot. I'm not an expert in in uh, the, the very things that took place in the first century, other than what is portrayed in the Bible. And other, you know, basically they were people, uh, people who uh, struggled with sin and for some were working toward overcoming that sin. And if you're somebody that wants to overcome sin, then the Macedonians are definitely a people to look toward because we have a good example of this. And we're going to set, as I said before, we're going to read about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1 through 5. So go ahead and read with me. Moreover, brethren, we make known to you, Paul said, the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. For I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing, employing us with a much urgency that we would receive the gift and the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And not only as we had hoped, but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. And so here we see Christians who had a zeal for being part of a work where Paul was uh, uh, gathering funds to assist needy saints. They had a zeal for that. Even though they were living in hard times, they were in much affliction, they themselves were willing to give even beyond their ability, meaning they were willing to go into debt. And there is a reason for that. And we're going to talk about that. Uh, there is a reason why they would rather have suffered for needy saints than for the needy saints to have suffered. Uh, they're, they're, they wanted to do that. And of course, we're going to see they wanted to be a partaker in Christ's sufferings. And so that's one of the reasons why they had such an urgency of wanting to take part. And that is something that we so surely miss about uh, Christians today, is having that earnest desire to partake in Christ's sufferings. Again, we're going to talk a little bit about that as we get farther into the lesson. But there are some points from this passage I do want us to look at. And the first point being, that starts off right in the beginning, that it says the grace of God was bestowed upon these Macedonian Christians. Now, if I understand the Bible correctly, grace means divine favor. And so God had favor on them. He did something for them. What did he do for them that is so uh, significant? I think we can see this in the, in the scriptures. And uh, if we go to Acts chapter 16, Paul had a vision at night. And uh, in, in verse 9 and 10, it said, A vision appeared to Paul in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he'd seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. And so Paul did 
you know, he, he was right. That's what that vision appeared to him for. This was the Lord's will for them to go to Macedonia to preach to them the gospel. But it's interesting in the vision because it was them saying, come help us. Obviously, this desire to hear the word of God had come up before the throne. And the Lord had issued divine favor by sending Paul to them so that they could even hear the gospel. You know, hearing the gospel many times we take for granted, and we shouldn't do that. Let's look at the uh, uh, letter to the Thessalonians, Macedonians, in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, and verse 13 and 14. He says, We are bound to give thanks to God always for you, brethren, beloved by the Lord, because God from the beginning chose you for salvation through sanctification of the Spirit and belief in the truth to which he called you by the gospel for the obtaining of the glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. They were called by the gospel. And so we can see then there's your divine favor. They were called by the gospel. How many people even understand the gospel? How many people set their mind to seek the gospel, much less to hear the gospel? Now, I'm not saying that the gospel is not available to all people, but a lot of people don't even seek it. The Macedonians were obviously seeking it, and here we see the Lord giving his divine favor by sending Paul so that he could they could be called by the gospel. They would have the opportunity to hear it so that they could respond. Now, that has not always been the case. That's the point we really got to be careful about. God just doesn't let people hear his word willy-nilly. They have to prove to him, they have to show him that there is a desire to respond to his truth, that they want to hear it. In Amos chapter 8 and verse 11 through 12, notice there was a curse put on Israel. It says, the days are coming, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine on the land, not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. They shall wander from sea to sea and from north to east. They shall run to and fro and seeking the word of the Lord, but shall not find it. And there's various other instances in the Old Testament where something like this would take place. And so we understand then that hearing the words of the Lord is definitely a, a, a divine favor from God. And we should never take that for granted about the opportunity that is bestowed upon us to be able to make ourselves right with God by our hearing and responding to his truth. That doesn't happen to everybody, as I've said before, uh, it's, and it's most unfortunate. Many people do not have a desire, a hunger, or a thirst, as Matthew 5, 6 states, in Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, when he said, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, they shall be filled. Obviously, the Macedonians did hunger and thirst for it, and so man should be hungering and thirsting for righteousness. How shall they be filled? Well, the first thing that has to happen is they have to hear the Word of God. Now, hearing, you know, it, it's important. Romans 10, 17, faith does not happen without the hearing of the word of God. And Hebrews eleven six says you can't come to God without faith. And so it's important then 
that we hear that, and we should be a people who hungers and thirsts for that. But again, not everybody does that. Not everybody has that hunger and thirst. Now, I want to remind you again, back to our text, uh, or, or back to Acts 16 and verse 9, when there Paul had his vision, that man of Macedonia said, come over to Macedonia and help us. That displays an attitude that they had for hearing the word of God. They wanted to make themselves right with God. They wanted to at least hear it. And so by divine favor, our grace, they were going to be granted that request. Now, another example uh, besides Amos is when Jesus's disciples came to him in Matthew 13 and verse 10 and 11. And they said, why do you speak to them in parables? And Jesus answered, said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And if you remember, there was times when, when the disciples would hear a parable, they would go to Jesus and they would say, explain to us what this is. But often others would not ask for that explanation. I'm reminded after he fed the 5,000 and and they had sailed across the sea, and, and everybody had followed him, that uh, Jesus had told the multitude after they had been fed, uh, who had you know followed him, you know he, he had said, unless you eat of my blood or, or drink of my blood and eat of my flesh, you cannot be my disciple. And, and they, instead of trying to uh, receive further understanding, they were offended by that. But it was Peter, when he was asked, Jesus said, are you going to leave me too? Because everybody left. They, they, I guess they thought Jesus was crazy. I don't know. But they were offended by it. And so Jesus asked Peter, are you going to leave me too? Peter said, where are we going to go? You have the words of life. And so we hunger and thirst for righteousness, and we need that divine favor from God so that that word that we should never take advantage, you know, never take for granted, that word of God would be delivered to us, educating us, informing us, so that we can make the changes necessary to be pleasing to God. That's important. That's something that's very important. And I pray that you will be someone who never takes that for granted. Now, something else about the Macedonians, they were freely willing. You know, God has placed in man uh, a free will. He's given him a choice about whom he's going to serve and whom he's not going to serve. But God has left him with a choice. Those choices have consequences, but the choice here in this world belongs to man. God has made sure of that. And we see an example of that in Acts 16, 14, and 15. This is one of the first one. This was the first one woman converted in uh, Macedonia when, uh, 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 and this is Lydia. And I want you to notice what it says. A certain woman named Lydia heard us in Acts 16, 14, 15. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira and she who worshiped God. And the Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persuaded us. So you can see she had a free will. 
she heard the things that were spoken by Paul, and she responded. She chose to respond to it. In fact, she even later says to them, if you have judged us to be faithful, come to my house and stay. And so, yeah, they looked at her and they thought, well, yeah, she is faithful. And so because of her free will, she chose what was good. Now, in Joshua 24 and verse 15, before uh, Joshua was giving his closing remarks, that's when he made this famous speech. I'm sure you remember it. He says, if it seems evil to you to serve the Lord, choose for yourselves this day whom you will serve. That's right. Choose for yourself. That choice. You have the right to choose. And so you can either choose to obey the Lord, Savior, Jesus Christ, or you can choose to disobey. We have examples of those who chose to disobey. The Jews in Acts 13 and verse 46. Notice what Paul and Barnabas said. It said, they grew bold and said to the Jews, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first. But since you reject it, didn't say God rejected them. They rejected it. He says, since you reject it and you judge yourselves unworthy of ever, everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. And so we see man has that free will, the, their will to be able to obey or be able to disobey. And of course, with the Macedonians, they were freely willing to go and obey the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In fact, they chose to go farther than what many people even realize is necessary in order to be pleasing to the Lord. They freely chose to suffer with Christ. That was their choice. In fact, they urgently wanted to do that, and that leads us to the next point, how they urgently sought opportunity. And that's what we need to do too. If we want to be as a Macedonian Christian, we should be urgently seeking opportunity to suffer with Christ. That's something that we should want to happen. In Philippians chapter 3 and verse 8 through 11, the apostle Paul was recounting uh, his life as a uh, Jew. And, you know, he, he excelled as, as a Jew. I mean, he, he gave up a lot to be a Christian. And so he says, yet indeed, I also count all things lost for the excellence of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish. Why? That I might gain Christ and be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness which is from God by faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death, if, at, if by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead. He wanted the fellowship of the Lord's sufferings. Now, we know how Jesus suffered. He he hung on a cross unjustly. There were those who persecuted him and put him to death without a cause. And so it'd be easy for Jesus to be wailing and whining on the cross and saying, it's not fair, it's not fair. But Jesus didn't do that. He finished the work. And here we see Paul wanting 
looking forward to having the fellowship of Christ's sufferings, meaning you're going to suffer unjustly. It's not going to be fair. There's going to be things you're going to have to uh, endure that's not of your own doing. It's the doing of other people, and it's just not right. But yet you want to have that opportunity so that you can have fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. Boy, think about that. That's what the Macedonians wanted. And they urgently sought the opportunity for that. Why? Because that made them closer to Jesus. In 1 Peter chapter 4 and verse 12 through 13, Peter said, Beloved, do not think it strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened to you, but rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings, that when his glory is revealed, you also may be glad with exceeding joy. This is that this is just beyond what how any non-Christian could think. How can anyone take joy in suffering unjustly? But yet that's what Peter is saying. You need to rejoice to the extent that you partake in Christ's sufferings. To that extent, rejoice, make being happy. That's exactly what was going to make the Macedonians happy. And so they urgently sought opportunity for that to take place. And obviously, that's something that we should be doing as well. We should be urgently seeking opportunity to have fellowship in the sufferings of Jesus Christ. But before all of that takes place, something has to happen. And again, this is something that many a Christian misses. You have to first give yourselves to the Lord, because that's what the Macedonians did. They, before they did all these things, it says they first gave themselves to God. How do we do something like that? Well, we know that at baptism, that starts the process. He says in Romans 6, Paul does in verse 3, Do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death, therefore we were buried with him, through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection, knowing that this, our old man, was crucified with him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. Now, remember, we talked about having free will, and we talked about uh, uh, urgently seeking opportunity. Well, this is, this is an example where we can have the divine favor of the Lord in, in receiving the forgiveness of sins by what? By putting the old self to death and giving ourselves to the Lord. And so, as Romans 12, 1 and 2 teaches, we start to learn how to live righteously. We transform our minds. Instead of our minds, you know, practicing sin, we start learning how to live righteously by the Bible. We learn what the Bible teaches, and we start doing that. 
But we have to make that commitment to God. We have to give ourselves to him. That's our free choice. But we have to do that, that before we can be a partaker in the sufferings of Christ. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse 19 through 20, uh, the apostle Paul says, do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? He's speaking to Christians. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and you are not your own. For we were bought at a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Giving yourself to God. It starts right there at baptism when that old man of sin is put to death. And you, when that somebody dies, you bury them, right? You put them in that watery grave of baptism, and they come up a new man just as Jesus came forth from the, his tomb. They come up out of that watery grave, a new man who belongs to the Lord. And so we start, we start training ourselves. We think like a Christian, we act like a Christian, and we seek to obey. But that's all part of giving yourself to the Lord. We don't continue to live by the lust of the flesh because we don't have authority for that. We don't, we are not our own. We don't belong to ourselves. We belong to Jesus. And so that's what is entailed in first giving yourself to the Lord. And we have to be willing to do that if we want to be a partaker of Christ's sufferings. I can't tell you how important it is for us to be as a Macedonian Christian. But if we practice uh, Christianity and do these things that, are, uh, that the Macedonians did, then we have hope in the end. And that's what we're looking for. We're looking for hope. Romans chapter 8, verse 16 and 17, this will be the last verse I'll give you. It says, The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, that we also may be glorified together. That's your hope. Do you want to have that hope? Do you want to be a joint heir with Christ, which is beyond my imagination? But if you want to be a joint heir with Christ, then you're going to have to suffer with him. The Macedonians were urgently seeking opportunity even willing to go into debt to be able to help the needy Christians because they would rather themselves suffer than those needy Christians suffer. Why? Because of this hope. That gave them hope. They knew they were being obedient to the Lord, much less they were also dedicated by love, which we haven't uh, emphasized. But, you know, there's many times today we are put in a position where we have to suffer because of the sins of other people. Now, that is an opportunity to be joyful because when we are suffering because of the consequences of other sins, then we're suffering with Christ because that's what he did as well. And if we're suffering with Christ, then that's we know we are joint heirs with him. And then what a blessed thing. Think about what's ahead eternal life in heaven. I wish that for all men. I really do.
Okay, that's all I have for you. I hope it's been beneficial to you. If you are ever in the Kearney, Missouri area, hey, come and worship with us. We meet at 406 North Clark in Kearney, Missouri. We have a Bible study on Sunday mornings at 930 Central Time. And then right after that at 1030, we have a worship service. Uh, come on down and meet us. We'd like to have you. You can go to CarneyChurch.com and learn all about us. You can get directions, phone numbers, whatever it may be. You can find it right there. Uh, if you like this lesson, you want to hear more like it, uh, Gospel Preaching Live is also, as I mentioned earlier, it's on a radio show. It's KPGZ 102.7 FM every Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. Central Time. Tune into it. If you live outside of Kearney and you can't pick up the signal, that is no problem. Go ahead and stream their signal uh, on the Internet so you can download their app or you can go to their website. Uh, you can listen to the, the message every Sunday morning at 8 a.m. We also put this in podcast form. Uh, we are on Amazon Music, uh, Apple, and as well as Spotify and Google Podcasts. So uh, if there's a platform that you like that I'm not, Gospel Preaching Live is not on, send me a note and I will try to get us on to be able to assist you. One last plug, Berean Spirits airs every Thursday morning at uh, 10 a.m. Central. It's a Bible study show, me and two other preachers. We uh, look at a topic each week, and we try to study uh, through what the Scriptures teach about that. And we have uh, we open it up for comments on Facebook and YouTube. If you want to be part of that, then all you got to do is go to carneychurch.com, press on the Brian Spirits app. But if you can't take you know, part live, we leave past episodes up on Facebook, Facebook and YouTube, as well as publish them in podcast form on the platforms I said before. Okay, that's all we got for today. Remember, this is the day the Lord has made. Let's rejoice in it and be glad. This has been Gospel Preaching Live. Join us each week as truth is taught, faith is examined, and beliefs are challenged. Be sure and hit the like button so you can be notified of future episodes. And to watch past episodes, go to our website, carneychurch.com This has been a work of the Carney Church of Christ.